Hello there, this is Ed McCarty. Welcome to Hoofing It Podcast with everything horses and livestock. Hi, this is Jana Harrington Barkus with Hoofing It Podcast. And this is Melissa Cowan. And Melissa, who do we have today? I'm always excited every time we get to talk with somebody new. This is another contact I found when I was working through Horses for Mental Health. Oh, that's I, neat. I looked her up and looked at their program, and I thought, oh my gosh, we've got to interview her. So we have Kristen Marcus here, and she's with CHAPS Equine Assisted Services. Is that correct? Did I say that right, Kristen? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And, and where are you from, Kristen? What We are located in Sheridan, Wyoming, which is about 30 minutes from the Montana line on the northeastern side. Oh, great area, huh? Perfect. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Well, let's start with the very first questions we want to we have for you here is um, tell us a little bit about yourself from the beginning and kind of walk us through how you got started into the CHAPS Equine Assisted Services. So like, you know, did you grow up with horses and just take us from there? Oh, yes. Um, I was one of the lucky people who got to be raised on a working ranch. Uh, we had 220 acres outside of Ten Sleep, Wyoming, which literally is a black dot on the map. And um, we had cattle, we had horses, we had pigs, we had dogs and cats. Um, and so I really got my start into horses there. I was five when I started riding independently and then helped my dad on the cattle ranch up until I left for college. Um, well, I left for college in Wyoming when I was 18 and then was home in the summers and the fall to help him with the ranch. And then I left for good. Uh, I got married and went to, um, I did finish my undergraduate in Oklahoma, but that was not until I was 21 years old. So I was really lucky to be able to be raised on a horse, um, out in the sunshine at the foot of the mountains, the Bighorn Mountains here in Wyoming. And that's really what got me started was, was my horse. And I learned from the ground up how to do things. And daddy made me do it on my own. He's like, mm-hmm. if you want to do this, you have to learn how to do this. Cause I'm not going to keep doing it for you. So, um, I loved my childhood. I'm one of those few people probably who can say that they loved every bit of it. And I really, truly did. Yeah. Jana loves hers too. So yeah. you're not by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I had a, a fantastic, always tell everybody I had, you know, just a fantastic mom and, and, and dad and yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he was like that too. So I can totally relate. It, it is a good thing, you know, uh, kind of stand on your own feet and they're there to train and, and guide, but you got to do it. So, yep. Sure. Well, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, it sounds like a, I I would dream I would dream of a childhood like that. That's just so cool. Yeah. Well, and you ended up traveling from Wyoming to Oklahoma, and then then you moved back after college. Is that what happened? Actually, so we spent seven years in Oklahoma. I finished my undergrad, and then I got two master's degrees down there. And then my husband was transferred to Houston for three years. Um, we hated it there. And then his company ended up closing the doors there. So he applied for a job in Story, Wyoming, which is also a black spot on the map. And, um, thankfully his new boss, when he got hired there, helped us pay to get home. And we, we came home in the fall of 2009 and we have been home ever since. So we live now in Parkman which is actually 10 minutes from the Montana line. 
and we have two children and eight acres with horses, pigs, cows, all of that, chickens at our place now. Oh, that's fun, um, too. Yeah, fantastic. So we, we traveled for a little bit before we were able to make our way home, and, and we're just so grateful that we did. We love the schools here and the small town, and you know, being able to raise our kids with the animals like I was is just really, really great. That, that's so important. You know, the kids learn so much about, you know, life and death and, and taking care and responsibility, having animals. Mm-hmm. And I think that t- really relates uh, to humans, uh, you know, as they've r- been raised to take care of the animals, to take care of, of people too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would, I would agree. So tell us how where where did Chaps come into the picture for you? When did you start getting involved in that program? Well, there's kind of a little bit of a story about um, to this. Actually, my daughter was born with cerebral palsy in 2002, and when she was three, we were able to get her into a therapeutic riding center in Oklahoma, and there she learned how to ride independently and build up the muscles on her left side because that was the side that was affected. And working with those people in that program really made me see, you know, that horses are just not something that you get on and go with, which I never thought that. I always loved my horse and really had a uh, relationship with him. But being able to see my daughter improve physically through her therapeutic lessons there was really an eye opener. And so when I went on to finish my second master's degree, I actually did a case study for my thesis on a young lady who had a severe anxiety disorder. It's called selective mutism. And so we had this young lady, um, we'll call her Lucy. That's not a real name, but she was riding my personal horse that I had lent to the program for about nine months. And before she had started riding with us, Um, she had completely quit talking in the home about, or I mean, to anyone outside of the home about a year prior to this. And then she had completely quit speaking period, even inside of the home about six months prior to getting in with us at our program. Well, because I was doing an ag communications degree and I really wanted to do something with, you know, relationships and whatnot and leadership in that. I was able to get permission to do this case study with this young lady, and she rode with us for about nine months, and it was incredible to see the difference in this young lady. When she first started, she wouldn't even smile. Like, she would not show her teeth to anyone. Her lips were always pursed. She was always very tense. She didn't have laugh lines at her eyes or anything. She just was very, very stern looking in her her features. And so throughout the month, we did one of her favorite things was doing ballet moves on the back of a horse. And so, you know, you reach your arm over and you you stretch those obliques. And she absolutely thought that was the coolest thing ever. And about eight and a half months into the program, her mom called me and said she talked. Her first word was, the name of the horse that she had been riding. His name was Spud. He was such a sweet old man, 31-year-old quarter horse. And she, but she did. The first word she said in eight and a half months with me was Spud. Oh. And I cried. I just I cried. about to that right now. Right? It was mm-hmm. incredible. And so 
Um, she she quit with us about at about the nine month mark, mostly because I was graduating, and then the program was having some leadership issues, and so I was leaving. Um, but her mom had called me back like a month later and said she's singing in the choir, and I was wow. just blown away with that. You Goosebumps. know, with the transformation in this young lady, she smiled, she laughed, she actually came out and told me thank you for letting her ride Spud. It was it was such a beautiful experience. Well, fast forward several years, so we moved home in 2009, and then in 2010, I got a job teaching equine classes at the local junior college. And then in 2015, I made a contact through teaching at the college with our local um, therapeutic writing center, CHAP. Well, this particular person um, was a media person and did all of the stuff for CHAP. She was a good friend of mine. And she said, hey, they're looking for a barn manager. Do you think you'd be interested? And I was like, shoot, yeah, I'll apply for that. And so I actually applied for the barn manager position, not the executive director position. And I went in, you know, expecting to be on 20 hours a week feeding and caring for horses. Mm -hmm. Ten minutes into the interview, they're like, why are you not applying for ED position? I was like, look, I got to be up front with you. I have a child with special needs that I will not put in daycare. I have a baby. My son is seven years younger than my daughter. And so I was like, I, there's no way I can give you 40 hours a week away from the home. I just, I can't do it. I said, you know, if you can allow me to work remotely, then, you know, with some, some hours out at the barn, I was okay with watching my son mm-hmm. during the day, but I just couldn't bring myself to bring my, to put my daughter in daycare special needs around here is, is not quite as bad, as good as in the bigger right. cities. So, mm-hmm. so they're like, you know what? We can work with that. Step outside, come back in and you're going to interview for the ED position. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, they're not going to call me away. Well, three days later they did. They called me, they offered me the job and I decided to take it. Well, here I am almost nine years into it. And, um, this is, this is my calling. This is what Jesus called me to do. I love serving people, but I get my daily dose of horses so that I can remain, you know, calm, cool, collected, sane in a really crazy world right now. And yes. so it really is an amazing job. We have gone from serving a total of 93 clients per year to last year we served and. 65, but before the pandemic, we were at 280. My goodness. Great. So, a lot uh, of lives affected. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. So it really is it, it, just so blessed to be here. Yeah. Every day, isn't it? It's a blessing every day. Absolutely. And I've got a wonderful team to work with, too, and that makes it a lot, a lot easier as well. How many volunteers do you have and staff members? Right now, I have three full-time and four part-time staff members, and our current volunteer list is sitting at 70. Perfect. Yeah, you're a huge organization, aren't you? That's great. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) 
It takes a lot of help. It does. A lot of hands. Yes, I do know. It takes a lot of hands. Because Melissa has Living Life Ranch, and uh, so she can relate a lot to mm-hmm. to what you uh, are Absolutely. offering and, and the help and, and everything that, yeah. that it takes and the animals. So, Hey, Melissa, let's take a quick break. Thank you for joining us today. Our podcast is sponsored by Better Equine, the manufacturer of BE Saddle Pads. Bee Tree. Pure and natural skin and body care products. Ellie Quarter Horses and Cattle Company offers tune-ups, riding lessons, colt starting, cattle doctoring, day work. And Living Life Ranch, located in Gardner, Kansas. Now we're back. uh, One thing that I'm always interested in is, uh, do you have anything? How do you choose your animals? I always like to ask that. How do you choose what horse gets to be in the program? Um, so it's a pretty lengthy process for us. We're a past premier accredited center. And so per those standards, we have to give a 90-day trial to the horse before we can take ownership if we want them to join our herd for good. Um, and actually, there are some horses that that's a little too short. And then there are some horses where that's a little too long. But our process pretty much stays the same. We, the first time we ever see a horse, we go to visit them in their environment so that they're, you know, happy, they're, they're safe, they know where they are and what they're doing. We're not asking a whole lot of them, but they have to be able to be ridden bareback and in a halter. If they can't be ridden bareback in a halter, um, we won't even take a second look. So once we know that they're able to be walked and trotted, then we do a series of tests. One of my favorite actually is a jumping jack test. So I'm on the horse. I'm always the one who gets on the horse first. <laughs> I feel like it's Brave my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, plus I'm excited. You know, I want to meet mm-hmm. these horses too. Um, and then my mar- barn manager will go off of the hip a safe distance away and do a jumping jack. If they have a big spook, then we're probably going to say nope right then and there. If they just have a little flinch or nothing at all, then we move on to crowding the horse. And so that means we have the owner there to lead the horse. I'm up on the horse and my barn manager will be practice sidewalking on either side of the horse right at my leg so that, you know, the ho- we can see what the horse is going to do. One with somebody walking where they're not supposed to walk. They're supposed to be up at my head, you know. Mm-hmm. and um, and crowded with people. So if they pass all of that, and then we do, I've been a vet tech several times in my life, and so I know how to do um, flexion tests, and I don't do the whole counting and watch for lameness and whatnot, but I know how to feel for the joints, and if they've got good joints, and I think my vet will pass them, then we'll ask the owners to bring the horse to chaps. Once they're here, they have a two-week quarantine, and then we put them into training for the cross ties for our, we have a certain way we groom horses every time so that, you know, that consistency keeps the stress down for our horses. Mm -hmm. So we train them to that. We get them saddle fitted, and we saddle fit every horse on property four times a year. We know that their body condition changes throughout the year, so we saddle fit four times a year. We get them clipped with a bridle path, and then we start introducing them to the ramp, 
to the props in the arena. And if we think they can handle it, then to our lift for our more immobile clients. Um, And actually, we've got a horse in training right now. He just came in. uh, He is just with his third week with us. And so he's out of quarantine and he has been going through. He did pass his vet check and he's been introduced to the lift as of this morning. And we've been introducing him to props all week, practicing lessons. He's still a little dancey in the cross ties, but you know, cross ties are hard. Mm-hmm. You know, if they've never had that happen before, it you just got to be patient with them and, and help them learn that they're, they're free, but they're not free there. And so they're a lot more comfortable with somebody moving around them that way. Right. Uh, so well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty- glad to hear that. I, I'm glad to hear that you do saddle fitting and that you do check it several, t- you know, your four times a year, because that's something that my husband and I are very passionate about is having the horses being comfortable. And we do know from, uh, you know, I've uh, helped people with their feed programs for years and years in the past. And, um, you know, they do change. And as they get older, they might change and then they need, you know, a little bit different diet and their top line can can go up and down. Yep. And so that, that's a huge, that's huge to mm-hmm. me that to hear uh, a facility, a facility will, you know, I mean, you're doing, that's just awesome mm-hmm. because that's just being, you take, know, take care of yes. your animals. Uh-huh. I mean, they're hard workers, yeah. workers, aren't they? Yes. So my undergraduate degree is in equine nutrition and management. Good. And then, um, my master's degree is in equine breeding. So I, I carried a lot. And like I said, I've been a, a vet tech multiple times in my life, uh, worked for some great vets and learned a lot from them. So the other thing that we do for our horses, too, is that we have a rating scale system that we we rate what we call their stresses every week. And each horse has a maximum number that they're allowed per week before we and we spent years setting this up. So we know what their number is before we start seeing behavioral issues or we see soreness, or we see starting to burn out. Mm-hmm. So we are very, very closely monitoring each horse every week as to what their quote-unquote stresses are. And this includes the riding lessons, the unmounted lessons, our driving lessons. It includes vet checks and farrier and saddle fitting and their pasture. So if they're on, you know, 24-hour turnout, we call that a one, mostly just because they're still fenced in and they're, you know, that's the baseline would be our one. Mm-hmm. But if they have to be on stall rest for because they're sick or injured, that's a 10. That's a very stressful environment for them. Mm-hmm. Most of our horses right now are on a 12 and 12. They're dry lotted during the day and out of pasture at night. Um, one, the dry lot is for accessibility for our lessons every day. But it's also because most of our guys don't need to graze all day long. <laughs> no, they get pretty chunky, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. We have a 1,700-pound perch around right now. And he probably should be actually at 1,500. So we're we're working on that. Yes. So but, that, you said perch on, so that, that rung a bell with me. What different breeds of horse? yeah, what different breeds of horses do you have at your ranch that you guys are utilizing? We have two Percherons, we have two Belgians, we have a Belgian Arab cross, he's such a cool horse, we have two quarter horses, we have a paint, 
and a Hofflinger, and then two Shetland ponies. Very cool. Yep, that's what I heard. Yeah, that's cool. See, you have a mixed bunch like I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, have the big ones I, though, but that that sounds so fun. Oh, they're wonderful, and we have a Missouri fox trotter in quarantine right now, um, hoping to add him to the herd as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I have a fox trotter too. <laughs> Couple of them, couple of them, and we have some rescues. Are you doing that too? Are you including rescue horses or no? Because you sounds like they have to really pass a lot of stuff, and I don't know that a rescue horse could do that right up front. No, unfortunately, we only have eighteen acres here that we lease, and so we just don't have the room to be able to give I rescue horses the time that they need, mm-hmm. you know, in order to settle and trust and and be okay with everything. Um, now we do help rehome horses that people want to dump on us. And this time of year, we get two, three calls a week with saying, Hey, I've got a horse who loves attention, but he can't be ridden. And I'm like, "Mm, not for me. Thank you very much. Our horses have to be sound. They have to be able to do multiple things. So because we've only got 18 horses, I'm limited to 13 horses maximum on our property. Yes, I understand. So, you know, all of our horses have to be able to do at least the riding and the mental health. If not, they do the riding and the driving or they do the driving and the mental health. Or we do have the two Shetland ponies. Um, the the one, the gelding, he does our riding, our mental health, and um, our pony programs in the wintertime. And then the mare, she's very gifted, um, very awesome, and she does all four programs. So she drives as well. We do have an adaptive, used to be called therapeutic riding program, and we have an adaptive um, or used to be called therapeutic carriage driving program. Then we also offer equine assisted learning and equine facilitated psychotherapy, which is the true mental health program. We have a licensed professional counselor for that program. Um, With our equine assisted learning program, we actually work with educators and we piggyback on lesson plans for the pre-K class at the Child Development Center. Those are children with learning disabilities. And so we've been going there for the last, gosh, five years, six years now, six years. And we work with 12 four- and five-year-olds at the Child Development Center. We've done math. We've done science. We've done history. We've done geography. We've done literacy. We've done art. We've done all sorts of cool stuff with them and they have reported year after year that the kids retention is much better after they've been working with the ponies, which is so cool, right? It is very cool. Um, But we also take that program a step further and we work with folks with early onset dementia up at the assisted living center here in town. And um, so we take the ponies in and because this, area is a farming and ranching community most of them had horses when they were young so this fosters memories and we get them talking about their horses when they were kids and they get to groom and brush the ponies and that fine and gross motor skill it's good for the joints and the elbows and the shoulders and the hands and then we also take our ponies um, to the next town over buffalo and we work with the veterans in the veterans home of wyoming and that one's more of straight education about horses. Mm-hmm. They just want to know anything and everything they can about the horses. So we've done, we've done tack, we've done 
uh, anatomy. We've done skeletal anatomy. We've done chiropractic adjustments and let them watch and ask questions and all sorts of cool stuff there. Oh, that's, that's um, fantastic. Then, yeah. And Let's so then it. our carriage driving is a traditional driving lesson, but it has a therapeutic goal. So it may be to improve posture or core strength or spatial awareness. That's huge with driving because, you know, when you have a turnout of a horse and then your cart behind it, that takes up a lot of space. And when you get more than one in there, you really have to be cognizant of your spatial um awareness because you, you don't know where the next card is where's your obstacle that's coming up it's a really great program mostly um mostly with veterans in our driving program because it's challenging oh, i see and, yeah. and our therapeutic writing program is a traditional writing lesson with therapeutic goals again so most of that is improved focus or improve multitasking and problem solving. But we also have those who are there to improve their core strength, their flexibility, their seated posture, their balance. So we have quite a wide range, actually, for the therapeutic writing program. I, all I can another, think of is all the people coming and going under your place. It's got to great. be it's busy. A lot. Yes. It's a lot. <laughs> yes. Keep we going. It's such a you... blessing to get to help that many, yeah. many people. It is. She's got more programs. She's going. Okay. Let's hear some more. <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. Um, once a year, we also offer um, a veteran retreat for um, veterans in our community. We have a beautiful YMCA camp just up the mountains about about 40 miles away so it's not too bad we go up to the mountains for a weekend we take four horses we do our mental health programs we have a therapist that goes with us but we also do um like this year we had a yoga instructor come up and we had a meditation instructor come up we also did archery and we had art projects and we did a hike and me up. We were- <laughs> <laughs> i need that yeah. we started that 2020 when our veterans were told to isolate and it has just taken off from there so we're really pleased that we can continue and we've had donors every year to pay everything in full for that so we're we're really pleased that we're able to offer so many things to our community and our youngest client is four and last year our oldest was 94 oh my goodness 94 that's great Yeah. yeah That is amazing. So the, the, um, for people to reach you, I I think we're, yeah. So tell everybody how they can either donate to your program or or find you. you. So tell us how they can (laughs) reach out to you. Yeah. You've got a lot to share. So, um, the easiest way to to find us is on our website and it's www.chapswyo.org or chapswyo.org. Um, but if they, you know, if anybody wants to reach out and ask more questions about the program, our number is 307-673-6161. And I love to tell people about our program. So I would be happy to talk to them on the phone. That's fantastic. It is. And we oh, appreciate yes. you. Yeah. Uh, calling in today and meeting with us and telling us about your amazing program and all the folks you're able to help. I just can't imagine you know, your facility. I, I just, that's great. It's, I just pictured it as well, being. Well, tell you what, if you're ever in Wyoming, come oh, get a tour and 
and uh, take you around, meet some of the clients and whatnot. It's a great place. We will. I would love it. Mm-hmm. I would love it. I'll mm-hmm. let you know if I make it that way. I That's want to right. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity. This was fun. It was. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Subscribe with us to follow our podcast and please provide a review. We appreciate your positive feedback, which enables us to provide our free podcast to you. You can find links to the website at ehalnews.com. Music provided by Ed Mahan. Copyrights by Everything Horses and Livestock. Mm-hmm.